0: Welcome to another episode of Fireside Football presented by Empire Sports Media. You are here with Brendan and Dylan as always and we will be talking week 7 and 8 in the NFL today along with some things to look for in the next coming weeks. Dylan, you ready to start off with the AFC East today?
1: I am ready to roll. As hard as it is to talk about the New York Jets, the Patriots are just as bad, which brings me a little joy, Brendan.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. All right, so the Bills are 6-2 and two leading the division with a, you know, I think seemingly 1-1 one one shot to win the division now. They beat the Jets 18-10 to 10 on scoring only field goals. Now, that got me mad watching the game. But then they beat New England 24-21 after a Cam Newton fumble on the final drive. We spoke a little about this last time, but the Bills haven't looked great even though they're 6-2. and two. they You know, they've shown some weakness in multiple areas. So, are you surprised at how their defenses look specifically because they've struggled? And also, as a follow-up question, are you surprised they haven't done anything to add to this team specifically by the trade deadline?
1: Uh, I am surprised. I really felt like there was a lot of opportunity for them to make an addition. The run defense has been awful, and their rushing attack has just not been where it should be um I will say there was guys out there they could have got Lev Bell was out there and they were pursuing him but he ultimately chose to go to the Chiefs Steve McClendon um it would have been a hard move to make but I think that he wouldn't have been a bad fit other options out there that they could have got there are other options out there they could have gone and gotten and it just seems like they aren't making a big jump to try to make anything better right now and they need something I felt like to get over the hump and really get back to where I think we thought they were right away as a top tier team in this conference and I think that Zach Moss stepped up last week Um, something to watch maybe maybe he can be that bell cow back for them and that could be something to watch Um, but guys like Kyle Phillips and some of those interior defensive linemen really have to step up right now or else, I don't know, they're, they're getting run all over right now. Yeah,
0: and it's weird to say because I feel like the Bills have had a solid defense to say at the least the last couple of seasons, so I think they were expected to be good again, and they could end up being good. You know, we're just getting to the second half of the season now, so as they start to get closer to the playoffs, things could get better for them. Now, some of the additions you mentioned that they could have gotten, Steve McClendon, I think that he absolutely would have helped that defensive line. But, you know, I I didn't hear anything about any interest. And intra-division trades are very rare. Very rare. So I don't think that would have potentially happened. Um, On the offensive side, after they miss out on Le'Veon Bell, a name that I heard thrown around there as someone the Bills could potentially be looking to acquire was Duke Johnson. Now, Duke Johnson is... You know, used to working in a running back by committee approach, really, in Houston. Um, And if he were to come to the Bills, I think it would be the same thing. He could potentially win that number one spot, but I think it would still be a running back by committee, you know, backfield with Zach Moss, him, Devin Singletary. Um, But he really could have helped their rushing attack, and he's also a very good receiver out of the backfield. So that was someone that I was looking for them to acquire. The Dolphins, four and three. They had a bye, and then they beat the Rams twenty eight to seventeen behind a fantastic defensive performance. I mean, they made Jared Goff look like mush. He did not look good. But, you know, in his debut in that game, two at Tagovailoa, twelve for twenty two for ninety three yards and a touchdown, not great completion percentage. Less than 100 yards passing, but no turnovers. Were you impressed by his NFL debut?
1: Well, first to correct myself because it's going to eat at me. I was talking about Harrison Phillips, not Kyle Phillips. Kyle Phillips is on the jet. But I digress. As for the Dolphins, um, Tua, Tua was hard to gauge with this performance because it was such a good defensive game for them. And you can make the case maybe they're rallying behind him. But, I mean, I've made it very apparent about my feelings as a few that maybe this was a little early, especially because of how well Fitzpatrick was playing. Yeah, Um, we
0: both projected, you know, really at least week 11.
1: Yeah, 100%. And I did not foresee this move coming anytime soon, especially because they were playing really good football. Um, With that said, he did not do bad by any means, but he just didn't do enough, I think, to just say – Oh, wow, he had a great first game. Like, Joe Burrow had a great first game. Justin Herbert had a phenomenal debut earlier this year. And he just didn't have a jump-off-the-paper game. He had some nice throws. He had some rookie misfires. But with that said, I mean, this is a 4-3 and three football team that there is an opening, really, I believe, to win this division. It's just about how Tua plays. He's got to have better games than... Below average, but he he can't, He can't. has to be more than a game manager at that rate, I guess. It's a hard way to say it, but basically what I'm saying is he can't put up the 93 in one line every week to win them games, but he's got to do a little more than that to get them to win games because their defense is underrated, I believe. With that said, I think the Dolphins still do have potential to be a contending team.
0: Now, to Tua's defense here. He didn't have to put up any numbers like Justin Herbert did. He didn't have to. His defense, I feel like he could have not stepped on the field, and they could have won that game potentially. I mean, their defense was fantastic. So I wasn't impressed by his completion percentage. That's what stuck out to me because he didn't have to put up the yards. He had a touchdown, no interceptions. But just 12 for 22, that's just above 50%, and that's not going to fly. Patriots are 2-5 and five behind them that it has not looked good for them in the past couple of weeks. Now, they play the Jets Monday night. If they lose to the Jets, Dylan, could you see Cam Newton potentially being benched as Patriots starting quarterback?
1: I really could. I think we already saw that Bill Belichick is not going to be gun-shy about potentially throwing Jared Stidham in there because he did it when they were getting blown out against the 49ers, and I do believe that if he can't beat the Jets, who suck, then I don't see a way that you keep leaving him in there. I mean, I do think he's a better quarterback than Jared Stidham. I have very little faith in Stidham, but maybe you take this opportunity to give Stidham some reps, see what you have in him, because it does seem like this team has completely done a 360, or 180, sorry, um, from when we talked about them earlier this season to now, because they were a team that outperformed initially, And then now they're performing about where we expected before the season. And this is the range now where we start talking about drafting a quarterback. And whether that—I don't see that being one of the top three guys of a Lawrence, Fields, or Lance, but maybe that's a Zach Wilson out of BYU, or maybe that's a Mac Jones out of Alabama. And you should see what you have with Stidham, because it doesn't seem like Newton's the long-term answer unless he turns it around. I think you need to see what you have with Stidham— as a contingency plan. Otherwise, it seems like they could go all-in on a quarterback maybe in this year's draft.
0: Yeah, I like that point you made up about Mac Jones. I really like that fit in New England. Now, for my own sake, uh, because you know how much I love to laugh at the Falcons, so if I could laugh at the Patriots too, they put in Jarrett Stidham against the Jets, Dylan. Oh, you better watch my Twitter. Oh, boy. Because I will be loving that. (laughs) But, all right, that leaves us with the Jets here. Oh, Nate. They are putrid. Everyone in the NFL. everyone in the world almost knows how putrid the Jets are. They lost 18 to 10 to the bills. They gave up zero touchdowns. Bills had six field goals. Jets lose the game. They lost 35 to nine to the chiefs. Now. I don't know if you saw. I tweeted during this game, jokingly that after the Jets scored against the chiefs, they scored their first field goal. I tweeted, you know, it's party time. The Jets scored against the defending Super Bowl champions. Ha ha, dot, 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 JK, just a field goal. So, you know, I I didn't expect them to win that game. The first quarter gave me some false hope because they they didn't look like straight garbage. But, who is on thinner ice right now? Adam Gase or Sam Darnold?
1: Uh, That's an easy question for me. I would say Gase because Gase continues to poorly manage this football team. And at this point, it's went from earlier in the season, it was outrage for me, then it was just disappointment, to now it's just acceptance. I really went through all the stages of grief, Brendan, and I'm at the point where it's like every week I know he's going to be out there until they finally have the balls to make a move. And... I I can't see anything changing, and Sam Darnold hasn't looked great by any means. He really has not, but that shoulder issue is still lingering. And, and Adam Gay said,
0: Sam Darnold has a chance of playing Monday. He should not be on the field Monday. He really shouldn't.
1: Not at all. All it's doing is hurting his value, and if they are planning to trade him, which seems like it could be a possibility— All you're doing is hurting his value if you trot him out there and keep having these poor performances. I don't even think they should put Joe Flacco out there. I said this earlier. I think it should be Mike White or James Morgan time. I think we need to see our backup quarterback for the future out there, Brendan, because that's honestly— Franchise
0: backup. Love that.
1: That's more interesting than anything else we're going to watch with a Joe Flacco game or a Sam Darnold hurt shoulder game. And I think that there's got to be something they can do to get a little boost behind one of those guys and give Darnold the time to heal and put him out there, at least at the last couple of games, at 85%, 95%, and let him kind of put on a showcase for either the starting job here next year or a starting job somewhere else.
0: That moves us to the AFC North. In first place, the Steelers, 7-0. and They're the final undefeated team in the NFL. However... I do not believe that they are the best team in the AFC. Do you, Dylan?
1: Uh, I do. It's hard because in the long term, I do think the Chiefs are going to turn things around. But right now, I would say on paper, and they pass the eye test too. I, I think the Steelers are the best team in the AFC. And I do think that their defense is just so good right now. And their offense has been great. Chase Claypool has been a breakout star. And their
0: addition on defense, too, Dylan, of Avery Williamson from the Jets.
1: That only is going to make them better. I think that they are such a complete football team right now that it's hard to bet against them. I think that they definitely have the potential to make some noise in the long term and maybe even make it to the Super Bowl and win it this year.
0: Now, they beat the Ravens. And I know we spoke a little bit. You described it as a statement win for the Steelers but is it a bigger statement win for the Steelers or for the 5-2 Ravens, was it a bigger statement loss?
1: I do believe this was a statement loss for the Ravens. I feel like they have continued to do nothing to change the narrative that they can't win the big games. And they're a 5-2 football team, and they're not a bad football team. That defense got so much better just with that little addition of Yannick Ngakwe that's been so underrated by the NFL media. And I think that their defense is complete right now. Their offense, I think maybe they need one more piece, but it's too Lamar Jackson centralized right now, and one thing I am watching for is maybe if J.K. Dobbins can break out and maybe have a role, I called it similar earlier in the season, or actually in the preseason now, I had projected Dobbins to be, he was one of my players to watch, if not my player to watch, I believe. I thought he would fit a really nice role similar to the Kamara-Ingram situation that happened in New Orleans having that happen in Baltimore would have been great they haven't been able to use him right yet until last week where he really looked good so I'm watching J.K. Dobbins maybe he can be a boost of adrenaline for this team but they have to do something to change the narrative that they can't win the big games and I don't see it changing anytime soon what about you Brendan?
0: I don't either I think the problem is that in those types of games you know teams really put the pressure on Lamar Jackson to throw the ball and when he's pressured to throw the ball and he has to he hasn't been able to perform now when you know the offense is moving running the ball and he has the option to pass and he doesn't have to that's when he converts but when he's in a situation where the whole defense knows he's going to throw the ball doesn't work and You know, I think for them to change this narrative that they can't win the big games, they're going to have to at least get to the AFC Championship game. Because last year especially, you know, they were really alone with the Chiefs. By far the top two teams projected to get to that game, and potentially the Super Bowl in the AFC. And they got nowhere near that after they lost to the Titans in the playoffs, and you know winning you know they could they could very easily be a wild card team with the way this division's going with the Steelers and if they're a wild card team let's say okay they win the wild card round to me the playoffs actually start the divisional round so they win the wild card round if they win the divisional round and they get to the AFC championship game then the narrative starts to change but if they win the wild card round and they lose once again in the divisional round it's the same old story Alright. Behind them are the Browns at five and two. They beat Cincinnati. They lost sixteen to six to the Las Vegas Raiders. Are they a quote unquote fake five and two team?
1: I have continued to feel that the Cleveland Browns are nothing more than fools gold. I I hate saying it because well, maybe I don't hate saying it. I've had, I guess, a underlying issue with the Browns for some reason for a while just cuz i feel like they were so overhyped and they've just not been able well, to Well, i can up actually tell you why
0: that reason is, Dylan. The reason is because they're the Browns, and i'm sure you yes. feel the same way that everyone else across the NFL feel about the Browns. They have the talent. They win games, but they're not as good as their record shows.
1: 100%. And to piggyback off that, they fail to win the games that are the big games, similar to the Baltimore narrative on a lesser to a lesser extent. But when they go against lesser competition they perform very well with that said i don't know where they change things but i do think that this is a longer process than just this season or even next i think that it took them a few years to build out of that dark hole that they were in of being a just absolute abomination of a football team to now they are in a spot where they are considered an average team they need to take some kind of culture change, whether that was the addition of Andrew Barry to the front office, and maybe that plays out over a longer stretch, or Kevin Stefanski. but there needs to be some kind of change to build this team from a average team to a contending team in the long haul.
0: So that leaves us with the Bengals at 2-5-1. They lost to Cleveland, and then they beat the Titans, surprisingly, really, 31-20, Winning by double digits. Joe Burrow was great again. Now, Dylan. This might be a little bit of a stretch here. But he's top five in yards in the NFL. And he just broke Andrew Luck's record for most completions through the first eight games of a quarterback's career with 221. The previous record was 190 by Andrew Luck. So, so far this season... Is Joe Burrow a top ten quarterback?
1: Um, I would say no. I think that's a little too overzealous right now. I do see your point. I do think that there is a way to call him that. And he's not been bad at all. He's been very, very good. But I think it's still early to call him that. Um I'd say he's in that twelve to fifteen range. I think the jury's still out on him being a top ten quarterback, but listen, they play the Steelers week this week. If he performs well, that could be the kind of statement win to add to that resume to maybe put him in the top ten. But he has performed like we expected, but it's more a matter of Cleveland built or not Cleveland, sorry, Cincinnati building the right pieces around him and continuing to just change the narrative and culture there, which has been that they've been a losing team since Marvin Lewis, and I think that. I don't know if Zach Taylor is the right guy, but right now I think that they have some winnable games coming up front and maybe an opportunity for them to perform well because they performed really well last week against the Titans, and if they can get a couple more of those wins scratched out and maybe be a middle-of-the-road team by the end of the season, I think that is a great, great improvement for the Cincinnati Bengals.
0: Absolutely. All right, that moves us to the AFC South. The Titans are in first right now at 5-2. and two. However... They are on a two-game losing streak. They lost to the Steelers, and as we just said, they lost to the Bengals. Are you nervous about the Titans?
1: This team is such a hard team to gauge, because coming off that game against the Bills, I was fully on the Titans' train, woot-woot, ready to back them for a while, and then they scratch out a win against Houston, a tough loss against Pittsburgh, and then a fairly fairly disappointing loss against Cincinnati last week and I just don't know right now what's wrong because this is a team that tends to do this where they they're similar I guess to the Chiefs to an extent or to a lesser extent where they fail to impress in the regular season but as the end of the season comes they usually play pretty good football this is a better season now for them than last year by a whole lot. Oh,
0: well, yeah, last year they were a completely second-half team.
1: Oh, 100%. And I think they're a second-half team this year. But I think one thing that is encouraging for this team, if there's something that you can pull, is that Derrick Henry, after that COVID-cation that they kind of had, has really, really looked like vintage Derrick Henry now, pounding the rock. And I think that as the season wears on, we are going to see Derrick Henry continue to impress.
0: Especially in the playoffs, because they did such a great job of it last year where – they are really a ground-and-pound team, and they keep the opposing offense off the field. That's why, you know, they had that lead against Kansas City, and they beat Baltimore, because they did such a great job of keeping opposing high-octane offenses off the field. The Colts are 5-2. and two. They just beat Detroit 41-21. to 21. They're listed behind the Titans in the division right now, but Dylan, do you think they're better than the Titans?
1: No, I do believe that they are a. That was a weird no, but I do believe that they are a wild card team. I think that they will probably be close to a ten and six team. Actually, I just believe that they are still have some flaws, and they're also still young around Phillip Rivers. I mean, Bobby Ogariki and Darius Leonard. You have to realize Okereke's in his second year; Leonard's now entering his third. They're two young core pieces of that defense. They're also missing Malik Hooker, which we've talked about in the past. And I think that on the offensive side of the ball, they still are looking to find their rhythm at running back and really at receiver. And I think that they're still young around Phillip Rivers. I think they're going to continue to grow through the season, but I do think that they're going to be a wild card team this year and a kind of team that maybe makes a make some noise in the wild card round, but I don't see them making much impact beyond that.
0: Yeah, I think for them, receiver really is that position that could hurt them because they don't have anyone on the outside. Um, you know, T.Y. Hilton, and Michael, uh, T.Y. Hilton and Michael Pittman specifically, they don't have anyone that's that true number one, you know, that elite receiver that teams need at the running back position. I think Jonathan Taylor has been good. But, you know, their offense hasn't been anything to write home about. All right, Dylan. The Texans are 1-6. Not much to talk about, you know, really game-wise and evaluating their games because everyone knows what's going on with them. They're not good. But, recently, J.J. Watt said, when asked if he's going to stay with Houston for the remainder of his career, his response was, I'm not up for a rebuild. I'm not playing for a rebuild. So, if he goes somewhere else, hypothetically, where could you see him fitting and where could you see him going?
1: I don't know why, and I feel like you're going to be a little surprised by this. But I can
0: tell per- you're smirking, so I'm getting ready.
1: <laughs> the first two spots I thought of were Tampa, because <sighs> that would just to continue that super team that they have built there, or actually a team I just can't see it happening with it in the division, but the Tennessee Titans, because I could love to see him playing for Mike Vrabel. And I think that that would be a great fit. And then the last one that I just kind of have settled on is maybe Green Bay, because Lord knows they're not going to make a move on the offensive side of the football to help No, Aaron they Rodgers. really just
0: don't want to ever help Aaron Rodgers. No,
1: but maybe they'll make a move on the defensive side of the football, which to see Watt together with Aaron Rodgers, I mean, that would be great entertainment at the very least.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, J.J. Watt has played some tight end in the red zone, so... He could be another weapon for Aaron Rodgers.
1: Hey, whatever.
0: <laughs> All right. That leaves us with the Jaguars. Now, they're also 1-6, and, and I think we're in a similar position where we don't really want to evaluate their game tape and their game play thus far. So, another hypothetical question for you. We spoke about it last time. I mentioned that I had a, I had a feeling that this could potentially happen because Todd Bowles has done a great job with Tampa Bay's defense, that he could be earning another head coaching job. So... Could you see Todd Bowles as the head coach in Jacksonville and them drafting Justin Fields with Minshew Mania being over?
1: So you said this last time we recorded, and I was ecstatic about the idea because it just makes so much sense that it has to happen. And maybe even add in like an offensive coordinator like a Todd Monkin to Tudor Fields. I think that that's the kind of team that could really, really make some noise because they have such good young defensive talent and that would draw bulls in because he'd have Henderson and Allen who are two phenomenal talents and then he'd also have the ability to pick his own quarterback with Fields and I think that Fields fits that kind of style of play that Jacksonville has plus they have such good young weaponry love there. love DJ Chark. Oh DJ Chark. Laviska Chennault, and also James Robinson has been such an underrated He's been star this year. And I really think that there's so much potential in Jacksonville right now. And for Poles to get a second chance, I think that genuinely I'd be excited to see that for him because of what he went through with the Jets. And I do believe that he could have success, especially if his quarterback is Justin Fields.
0: All right, final AFC division, the AFC West. Defending Super Bowl champs, Kansas City Chiefs, 7-1. and one. They beat Denver, and then the Jets gave them a run for their money as they only won 35-9. So, the question here for you, Dylan, is... Recently, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Le'Veon Bell have been pretty much splitting the touches out of the backfield. Who do you think will eventually command that number one spot in the backfield touches wise or do you think they'll continue to split it for the remainder of the season
1: I think it's going to be Clyde Edwards Hilaire Um, it's weird because initially when Bell signed with the Chiefs I thought well Bell had been improving his yards per carry with the Jets in the minimal time he played this past season or this time he was with them and it looked like maybe he was turning the corner and getting back to some sense of that form that he was in Pittsburgh and yeah, I and mean, then he had,
0: I think his first rush with the Chiefs was like for 16 yards. And then against the Jets this past weekend, he had seven carries for six yards.
1: He just can't get going. And I think this is the Bell that we saw as Jets writers, and the league still didn't see. They thought maybe Gase just wasn't using him right, which that has gone for a bulk of the players that have played under Adam Gase. But something's just off about Lev Bell. And maybe I'm wrong here, Brendan. Do you think I'm wrong? But I think Clyde Edwards-Helaire is the lead back of that field or that team.
0: Oh, I think he's absolutely the lead back of that backfield. But I think, you know, I think they're going to be splitting it for the time being. But you know about Le'Veon Bell not being able to get it going. I think that the main thing is when he was in Pittsburgh, he had a very good offensive line, and he had the ability to really. You know, he would put his hand on his offensive lineman's back and wait behind the offensive line for the hole to open. Now, with the Jets and with the Chiefs, both of their—I mean, the Jets have a better— excuse me, the Chiefs have have a better line than the Jets. There's no question about that. But neither offensive line is really great. And I think Le'Veon Bell is still trying to be that same running back where he has the ability to wait behind the line and then punch the hole. I think he's got to start— getting into the headspace where he just gets the ball and he hits the hole forward right away. I think the way that he's used to playing very, very patiently, he just he can't do that at this point in time. The Raiders, 4-3. and three. They lost to Tampa Bay. They beat Cleveland. Based on what you've seen so far, because at this moment, they're in line to be a card team. Should they be a wild card team come playoff time?
1: I'm gonna hold this out for a sec, Brendan, so I'm sorry and I'm sorry to the listeners, but the R- R- Raiders, I do think that they are gonna be a playoff team. I think that they are going to be that third wild card team. Um I think it's gonna be the Dolphins, the Oh, actually. Let me backtrack here. I think it's gonna come down to the them and the Dolphins for that third wild card team because the Ravens and the Colts I believe will be the other two. But I think that the Raiders play a little bit better against better competition. And I think that I'm circling that December 27th game against the the Dolphins. That's going to be a game I think that's going to be for a wild card spot, in all honesty, and that game against the Colts just a couple weeks before as games to watch. But I think the Raiders just play a better and more competitive brand of football. I think that they beat the better teams, aside from that Bills loss and the Bucks loss, but They've been able to hang in there against the Saints and the Chiefs. And with their schedule upcoming, they have the Chargers, which is probably a win. The Broncos could be a win, Chiefs. uh, But then they have the Falcons and the Jets. So there's definitely an opportunity for the Raiders to win at least two to three of their next five games and continue to make noise in the AFC. So I do have high hopes for the Sorry, Las Vegas Raiders. Almost called them the Oakland Raiders, Brendan.
0: Now, you mentioned the Broncos. The Broncos are 3-4 and four right behind the Raiders. They lost to Kansas City. They beat the Chargers on a last-minute touchdown by Drew Locke. Now, I don't really have much to say about the Broncos because, you know, they're dealing with so many injuries, and they're 3-4 and four still. But, you know, correct me if I'm wrong here, Dylan. It doesn't look like there's anything going their way the rest of the season as to make a push for the wild card.
1: Well, first thing I want to shout out here, one good thing, uh, Philip Lindsay uh, kind of reached an achievement this week that's been Oh, yes, yes. Sports Illustrated hit it, but he is the first NFL running back with 450-plus career carries without fumbling, which and is— And he was undrafted. Exactly, which is a phenomenal statistic, and I do believe that adding Melvin Gordon— was almost adding another mouth to feed that wasn't entirely necessary because I do believe Philip Lindsay has proven that he can be a great back in this league. With that said, though, I'm going to digress from that point to you just hit the nail on the head. There's not a lot to talk about because of the injuries. But what I will say is there's the building blocks there for this team to be a good team. And what I'm asking for the Broncos to do right now is to just give Vic Fangio one more year because I know the Broncos fan base... Likes this guy, and I'm hoping that John Elway gives him one more year next year to prove himself before he jumps the gun too soon and axes him this year because I think they're going to be a competitive team this year. And I'm hoping that just because they underperformed because of injuries, Elway can see that and he won't jump the gun.
0: The Chargers, two and four, excuse me, two and five, last place in the division. They beat Jacksonville by 10, they scored 39 points, and then they lost to Denver. Has Herbert been more impressive to you than Joe Burrow based on where they were drafted? Because Burrow was first, Herbert was a couple picks behind him. So, based on their draft positions, has Burrow been—excuse me, wow, Dylan. Has Herbert, has Justin Herbert, been the more impressive rookie?
1: Um— I'd say it's actually about equal right now. I'd say their value has been pretty equal. I will say, I think that they—the problem with the Chargers right now, and I've said this a little bit off-air to some of my Dolphins fans' friends, which is surprising, Dolphins fans in New York, but nonetheless, I have said that I thought that the great fit would have been Anthony Lynn paired with Tua and Herbert in Miami. I think that is going to be something that will be said until the day both of those men are no longer playing football. I do think both of them landed in great spots for them. But still, I think Herbert Herbert has shown his flaws, especially last week, which he was playing a very good defensive team with Vic Vangio, But he showed flaws. He's still a rookie. He's been impressive. But what do you make of his performance to this point?
0: He's definitely been impressive. The wins haven't shown uh for Herbert, but you know all of their games have been pretty have been pretty much close still and they've had a shot to win every game and I think that shows how talented Justin Herbert is because you know like against the Saints even they should have won that game they should have they were in position to win and they just couldn't finish the job that wasn't on him. That was on special teams, but, you know, I think, to me, I think Herbert has been the more impressive rookie, just because, you know, with Joe Burrow coming off the national championship win, people expected him as the number one pick, and they expected him to immediately take that jump and be the starter for Cincinnati. Justin Herbert, quarterback of Oregon, was not the number one overall pick, and he wasn't even the opening day starter. Tyrod Taylor was, and then, you know, he had that catastrophic accidental injury by the team doctor, which punctured his lung, I believe. (laughs) Still Um, crazy to hear that. Which is just, it's unbelievable. You'd never think that would happen. But, you know, he was thrown into the starting job, really, on very, very short notice. And he's been fantastic. So I think in that sense, Herbert has been more impressive because this wasn't expected of him at this time. The NFC East, perhaps, you know, really the worst division in football. The Eagles are 3-4-1, and one leading the division. Now, Dylan, whoever wins this division is going to be hosting a playoff game. Before we get to the Eagles specifically, I mean, do you believe that that should still be a rule where they could— you know host a playoff game if they have a losing record
1: um i'm kind of indifferent about it i i don't think it's a bad structure but a few years ago this happened with the nfc south and it was something that was talked about then and i think it can be talked about now once again because all of these teams have had their issues this year with injuries but at the same time none of them have proven that they are playoff football teams nonetheless capable of hosting especially when you have three teams in the NFC West with better records than them, and teams that are just playing better football than them. And I do Yeah, at this point,
0: I mean, the NFC East should be eradicated, and like you said, the 49ers, the Cardinals, and the Seahawks should all be hosting a playoff game
1: 100%. in an ideal world. But we have what we have, and I don't know if there's a way to change it to do it by record. Maybe that makes more sense. I, I think it does, but I think that the NFL... Has proven that they are open to suggestions, so maybe that's something that could happen over time. But I also think this is just a natural thing that happens in the NFL some years as power continues to change throughout the league as years go on. What's your opinion on this, though?
0: I agree. I think that, you know, it's hard to defend a team with a potential losing record hosting a team that could have a far better record than them. Just because they won the division, but that is the way the NFL has been. And, you know, I think changing it now wouldn't really be the ideal scenario. All right, back to the Eagles, though, Dylan. Back to the Eagles. 3 4 and 1. They beat the Giants and they beat Dallas. They're 3 4 and 1. First place. But Carson Wentz has not been great by any sense I mean he has an absurd amount of turnovers in opposing team territory so do you think at some point this season even though they're in first place right now we could see Jalen Hurts at the quarterback position
1: see if I were the head coach I'd be having that thought in the back of my mind I don't It's hard to gauge where Carson Wentz is at right now because initially I saw it as maybe a 2015-2014 or 2015 Aaron Rodgers where Aaron Rodgers seemed like he kind of lost his groove there for a little bit. But this has just seemed so much worse. It seems like Carson Wentz forgot how to play the game of football, Brendan.
0: Well, Max Kellerman on first take on ESPN, I think, puts it perfectly with Carson Wentz where he has, you know, one to three plays a game where you're saying wow like those are Patrick Mahomesque plays like only a select few people can make plays like that then he has a couple okay plays and the rest are not good so I think with Carson Wentz before you continue those small number of wow plays is what's saving his you know saving his job for him.
1: I agree and I think that I don't know necessarily what the issue is right now with him I don't know if it's a mental thing. I do believe it is more mental than mechanical because I do. you just hit the nail on the head. He still has those moments where you do believe he can be a great quarterback in this league, and he proved it the year they went to the Super Bowl. But it's just seemed like since that injury, since he didn't have Nick Foles breathing down his neck, he's not been able to replicate those same numbers and that same success, and it is incredibly apparent, even if just you watch one... 5 minute span of Eagles football. You can see that he just looks lost right now.
0: All right, now behind the Eagles is the football team. <laughs> the football team. It's like an expansion team in Madden Dylan. So they're 2 and 5. Do you think that realistically they could end up winning this division or do you think that things are, you know, going to kind of fizzle out and the Eagles are going to take it?
1: Well, one thing to note is kind of been under the radar. Kyle Allen has played good football. He has. And Antonio Gibson. Antonio Gibson has played good football. Terry McLaurin has played good football. And Logan Thomas, their tight end, has played good football. They have four guys right now who are playing solid football on offense. If Kyle Allen can keep this up, and those young guys can keep it up as well, Terry McLaurin was just named a captain. They did lose Landy Collins to the IR, which is definitely going to hurt. But. This is still a great defense. They held the Cowboys to three points just two weeks ago. And now they're coming back this week. They have the Giants. Then they have the Lions. The Bengals, that's a toss-up. And there are some real winnable and some competitive games in the rest of the schedule. I could see the football team maybe making a push for the playoffs. How about you, Brandon?
0: Could you imagine, Dylan, if they end up hosting a playoff game and it's Wild Card weekend – and we're watching the TV, and it says, "Up next, the football team hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers."
1: That'd be the most I would lose my thing. mind
0: because that would just that would just be ridiculous. <laughs> but I think they can win this division. I really do because you know they have. It, I think they, they have more talent around Kyle Allen. Than the Eagles do around Carson Wentz, especially with, you know, the Eagles are dealing with a lot of injuries. They have been for, seems like forever now, really. There's always injuries around Carson Wentz, but, you know, Miles Sanders hurt. Um, their number one receiver is Travis Fulgham. When, you know, Deshaun Jackson came back, got re-injured. So, I don't think it's crazy to think that the the Washington football team could be winning the NFC East this season. That would just that would just be really <laughs> the most twenty twenty thing ever. Behind them are the Cowboys at two and six. Their season is pretty much over. Although some news from the Cowboys the past day. The reports are that on Sunday, against Pittsburgh, Ben Dinucci Will not be the starting quarterback again. He has been benched. So it will either be Garrett Gilbert or Cooper Rush. Now, I'm going to ask you kind of a joke question here. Kind of not. Which of those two quarterbacks gives them a better chance to win?
1: Well, first, I'm devastated about Gucci DiNucci. I've been off Gucci, with it Oh, there's
0: and, the nicknames.
1: I've been off with it today, but Gucci DiNucci, He, I thought he could be the polarizing quarterback that... Gave them a couple wins this year. And oh, he really stop
0: it. Stop he it. He didn't
1: play that bad on Sunday Night Football. 21 for 40. Not great at all. But he didn't have a turnover. That's like
0: 51-52%.
1: Hey, listen. We're Jets fans. We we That's a successful day for us. But nonetheless... we oh, no need to bring the Jets into this. <laughs> nonetheless, I'd say Garrett Gilbert. I think he gives them the best chance to win. I... You made a joke off air that he was my player to watch, but I honestly can't remember (laughs) if I did have him as my player to watch because he was an XFL stud for the, or or actually, forgive me, I think it was, I'm blanking now. Oh, there was another expansion league they started before the XFL. But nonetheless, it was the Orlando Apollos. Somebody can fact check me on what league that was in. It was a short-lived league. But the Orlando Apollos, he was fantastic. And I think that he could maybe be a game manager enough to scrape him out some decent quarterback play until Andy Dalton's healthy.
0: Well, Dylan, the Orlando Apollos were in the alliance of American football. Oh,
1: it was on the tip so of my there's tongue. your
0: quick fact check. <laughs> All right, the Giants. The Giants are 1-7. Their last two games, they lost to Philadelphia, and they lost to Tampa Bay. Both games, they lost on a failed two-point conversion, although... There's been controversy ever since the Tampa Bay game where, you know, I, there really should have been a pass interference called on that play, but, you know, they're 1-7, but I don't think they're as bad as their record shows. They have fought every game. So, I mean, the Cowboys are 2-6, and six, the football team is 2-5, and five, but is it crazy to think that regardless of records, the Giants are really better than those two teams?
1: Um... Not entirely. I think that the Giants, to say something about their defense, which is weird because they haven't been phenomenal, but I thought they did a great job handling the Buccaneers last or on Monday Night Football this week, and I really think that they have a lot of young pieces to be excited about on the defensive side of the football. On the offensive side of the football, though, I the reason I'm hesitant to list them with those teams, Brendan, is that it just seems like Daniel Jones, he can't get out of his own way he continues to turn over the football and make those throws that every game you go why like why was that your thought almost similar to Wentz but even worse to an extent he just can't figure out how to hold on to the football and make smart decisions and whether that is something that is going to be fixable remains to be seen but still I I think that that's really been the killer on the offensive side of the ball, along with the fact that they are without Saquon Barkley.
0: Should they make a change at GM?
1: Yes, 100%. I mean, I completely believe that Joe Judge is the right guy to lead this football team at coach position, but I think that Lewis Riddick is the ideal replacement general manager for this team.
0: All right, on to the NFC North. The Green Bay Packers are 5-2. and two. They play tonight, as we are recording this, on Thursday, whenever anyone else will be listening to this. Today is Thursday at the moment. So, they surprisingly lost to Minnesota this past week after beating Houston. They surprisingly lost to Minnesota. So, there were reports of, of them getting Will Fuller before the trade deadline. That didn't happen. Not surprised there. It didn't help Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Why don't they get him help?
1: Well, first, I want to try something here that's a little unique. but So, Brendan, I'm going to play the role of the Texans GM. You play the Packers front office because they have, like, 72 owners, and uh, the Let's general manager situation weird. But So I'm the Texans, and I say my price for Fuller is a third and a fifth next year. Do you do that deal if you're the Packers?
0: Yes, because I 100%. think that if you get Will Fuller for Aaron Rodgers – that drastically increases your chances of being a Super Bowl-winning team this season.
1: I completely agree. I think that this was just a major mess ha- or mishap by the Packers' front office to not do anything to help Rodgers once again. And they're going to win tonight, uh, recording this on Thursday. They're yes, going to beat the 49ers. But beyond that, they, they've got to figure out some way – to help Aaron Rodgers, even if it's picking up receivers mid-season that maybe don't find a home. I mean, Deontay Burnett's still out there somewhere. He was a good piece for the Jets. They cannot get there. to the
0: Super Bowl if they continue to just be Aaron Rodgers throwing it to Devontae Adams.
1: I completely agree, because they they don't have any other option right now, and they've got to figure something out.
0: Behind them are the Bears at 5-3. and three. They lost to the Rams, and they lost to the Saints after starting five and one. Are they even as good as their record shows? Because Nick Foles has not been great. Their defense is spectacular, but are they even as good as their record shows? of five and three.
1: Um, I don't know. It's they're just such a hard football team to gauge, and I. That's why I love giving this. you
0: that question. Because I, it, it's I so hate hard. it.
1: I hate it, Brendan, because every week I continue to fail to figure out how to put a pulse on this football team because Nick Foles has not been good, but he's also not been that bad either. I mean, I think that some of the play calling by Matt Nagy really lost them that game against the New Orleans Saints last week. The consistent desire to feed David Montgomery has been an underlying flaw of this offense. I believe
0: they have the worst rushing attack in football.
1: I completely understand that. I I hadn't watched a lot of Bears football this year, but I watched a good part of that game, and it's just continued, continued feeding Montgomery, and he doesn't do anything. Um, he breaks off a couple runs every once in a while, but the reason he's such a good fantasy back is because he gets such high volume. And He Trubisky, gets like
0: 20 carries for 60 yards.
1: Yeah, and Trubisky was not doing bad, and they benched him, I believe, too soon, and I think that is... They're a good football team. They're probably a team that could maybe push to the final weeks to grab a playoff spot, and they're going to be in the hunt, which is so, so shocking, Brendan. But I guess I'm going to flip this back to you. The big killer, I think, for me is that they are going to be in the hunt so long that I think it's going to save Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace his jobs. But if you are the owner of the Bears... Do you even if they go eight and eight or nine and seven? Do you axe Pace and Nagy?
0: I don't think so. I think I think you have to keep them. I mean, if they end up making the playoffs this year, there is no way that you can get rid of them. And let's just look at this right here, Dylan. This is their remaining schedule. So on Sunday, they play the Titans. Do you say that's a win or a loss?
1: Ah, uh, tough loss.
0: All right, so 5 and 4. Next week, home against the Vikings. Win. 6 and 4. Away against the Packers. That's a loss. Yeah. 6 and 5. Home against the Lions. Win. 7 and 5. Home against the Texans. Win. 8 and 5. Away against the Vikings. Win. <laughs> 9 and 5. Away against the Jaguars.
1: Potential win, maybe a trap game, but you could say that's a win as well.
0: So 10 and 5 home against the Packers loss, right? 10 and 6. That's 10 and 6, Dylan.
1: And there's a room for error there if they get beat in a trap game. Really two room for error or two games that are room for error there if they lose one to the Vikings as well.
0: So they could potentially be anywhere from 8 and 8 to 10 and 6. I don't think they'll be below 8 and 8. So, they Will most likely not finish below 500. So if they go eight and eight, I think there could be a case to get rid of Matt Nagy. Nine and seven, 10 and six. Eh, I don't think so. I think that he he keeps his job because if if they're winning games regardless of how ugly or unsatisfying the win is, if you're ten and six, Dylan, you're keeping your job. I really, I really believe that. And I think 10-6 and six is a very doable record for this Bears team right now. The Lions. I hope I stumped you with that, uh, with that schedule, by the way. I hope I did. The Lions, 3-4. and four. They beat Atlanta. And then they were crushed by the Colts. Matthew Stafford is now on the COVID list. He still has a chance to play Sunday, you know, pending a couple of negative tests in a row. I mean, I feel like I ask you this every episode. Why <laughs> why is Matt Patricia still the head coach?
1: I don't know. And the sad part is they're probably going to scrape out, like, a 7-9 season. They yeah. always do. Oh, 100%. And this year, nonetheless, I think they could even win another game and maybe get to that 8-8 eight and eight mark. And Matt Patricia does not deserve to have a job any longer as the head coach of the Detroit Lions.
0: See, quick thing, though. It's funny to me, though, because... I'm kind of eating my own words here because I was like, if the Bears go 8-8, I don't think Matt Nagy loses his job. But if the Lions still go 8-8, I still think that Matt Patricia should lose his job. A little uh, little controversial to myself right now.
1: Well, my point, I guess, with that, and it it ties the Bears right back into this, is when incompetence is so apparent, the smart owners know when it's time to ax a head coach. I think that the Lions... They've proved at times to not be brilliant, but I think that they tried to reinvigorate the organization when they hired Matt Patricia, and it's not worked. And an 8-8 eight and eight season, I mean, they fired Jim Caldwell. This is the same team that fired Jim Caldwell in a 9-7 and seven season. Uh-huh. So an 8-8 eight and eight season would make sense to fire Patricia, but I think kind of circling back to the bear point was... Maybe there's a case you can say that Nagy's not necessarily been as incompetent as Ryan Pace has been as the general manager, and I think you could even make the case that they maybe make a move like the Jets did where they fire Pace after the draft if he somehow Mm -hmm. loses Allen Robinson.
0: That's a good point. Quick, one more thing about the Lions, though. How much longer do you think Matthew Stafford has in Detroit?
1: See, it's hard because also Stafford continues to – make plays, and keep them in football games.
0: He was making Patrick Mahomes-type throws before Mahomes was in the league.
1: 100%. He has been such a reliable quarterback, and he's wasting away his prime with this team because they're not going anywhere. So I would, if I'm a general manager, offer a lot for Matthew Stafford if I need a quarterback. Like, a team like the Bears, they won't trade him in the division. If you're the
0: Bears, what would you be willing to give up for Stafford?
1: I'd give up their... First this year, it'll probably be a late to mid-late rounder. And I'd really add in maybe a first next year and another two mid-rounders. I mean, I would give them a very good package for Matthew Stafford. Maybe even throw a player in there. I mean, I would overpay for a quarterback of that caliber and maybe even add in another first. I would throw in a lot to get Matthew Stafford.
0: Well, you are high on Matthew Stafford today. I am. (laughs) All right. The Vikings are 2-5. and five. Now, this is very surprising because, as I've said in the past, I had this team as a potential top-10 team in the league, which looks ridiculous now. But they surprisingly beat the Packers. So my question to you, Dylan, what is this team? Are they a good team that's underperforming this season, or are they a bad team that just had a good day against Green Bay?
1: Well, first, I was just with you, Brendan, on the 10-6 and six bow, because before the season, I had them as a top-10 football team, and not even a Verge top-10 football team. I had them as a clear-cut top-10 football team, and they've just so grossly underperformed this year. And I feel like this is what we've been doing with the NFC North, so it only feels right that I'm going to flip it back to you here. So, the next couple games for them to the end of the season. The Lions. Is that a win or a loss?
0: Is that homer? I mean, it doesn't really matter. It's homer. Way. I'm going to say loss.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, the Bears? Loss. Cowboys? Oh, that's a win. <laughs> uh, Panthers?
0: I'll give them a win against Carolina. Carolina's treading in the wrong direction. Jaguars? Win.
1: Um, the Buccaneers? Loss. Uh, Bears again.
0: I said loss last time, right? I'll give him a win this time.
1: All right. Um, Saints? Loss. And then the Lions again? Loss. So, in this scenario, 4-5 and five or so, I believe, they would finish at 7 and— or, sorry, 4-5. and five. They would finish at 6 and 10. I mean, I don't see how you don't fire Mike Zimmer there and maybe consider, if a team wants him, trading Kirk Cousins.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, Kirk Cousins, when he was – he was, like, the most highly touted free agent on the market that year. I mean, there were even talks – I mean, there was a time when I wanted the Jets to get him. That was, was a blessing in
1: disguise that they did not
0: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> All right, well, that's, that's a discussion for another day. <laughs> but Kirk Cousins has severely underperformed. I mean, he wasn't even great in Washington, really. And then he, you know, he hits the free agent market. People are like, oh, wow, you know, this guy is, you know, he could potentially bring you to the promised land. Minnesota, the past couple of years, has been good. They've been, you know, the Saints' Achilles heel in the playoffs. But then this year, they're 2-5 and five right now, and they have not looked good. So to answer my own question... I still think that they're a good team that's underperforming because I mean other I mean they've lost some people like Stefan Diggs and you know they've lost some people on the defense but this is still a pretty talented football team that you know you and I and I'm sure many other people projected to be better than 2 and 5 to be you know at least 2 games above 2 and 5 I mean 4 and 3 even I think would be much more to where this team should be, two and five is just not at all where this team should be right now. So to answer my own question, they're a good team that's underperforming. Mm-hmm. Two divisions left, Dylan. Fifty-seven minutes in, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, NFC South. They're six and two. They beat the Raiders, as you like to say, <laughs> and they beat the Giants. Are they the best team in the NFC?
1: Uh, I still am gun shy on saying that. I think the Seahawks are still better. And I really think that, eh, I'd, I'd say the Seahawks are better slightly. I'm waiting on that Antonio Brown addition to come to fruition. Mm-hmm. Uh, little rhyme there, but I do believe that like they it. are the <laughs> second best right now, barring the AB move. But uh, right now, I mean, they, there's hard to find a spot on that team that isn't playing up to their expected caliber right now. And I think that they've done a really good job with that football team.
0: Behind them are the Saints, who are 5-2. Now, they will be playing Tampa Bay. Are they going to lose to Tampa Bay? Or are they going to win and get the 6-2? And And also, how big is this game for them in trying to win this division?
1: This is a massive game for them. They need to win this football game. Especially because they, I mean, the Bears we've hit on, they have a great defense. But they did not beat them as handedly as expected and you can go back to the other week before that against the Panthers they didn't beat them they only beat them by three points as well I mean this is a Saints team well, that I think is,
0: it's showing now that Drew Brees is just not the same quarterback
1: not at all and I think it, it is due in part to Michael Thomas but he is a loose cannon right now and I don't know what he is going to bring back when he returns so it's hard to gauge the Saints team but a win against them would completely shift the narrative in New Orleans but a loss against them could put them in that same tier as the Cardinals-Rams where they're going to be fighting for a wild card and honestly, I would say maybe aren't as competitive as those teams right now.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, before the season started, I had the Saints still winning this division, and right now, that just, see, I mean, even though they're only a half a game behind the Buccaneers, it just seems like a long shot for them to win this division, you know, based on how they've been playing. The Panthers are 3-5. and five. They lost two straight games. And now they will be playing Kansas City. So, you know, I think it's projected, obviously, that they're going to lose a third straight game. If they lose, they're 3-6. and six. Is their season over at that point?
1: Um, I would make the case that, not entirely, but I would also make the same case, though, that right now you could say their season's on the verge of over right now if they don't pull off this win. So I'm, I'm on the fence about this team. I've been very high on them in the past because of Matt Rule. I think that he's still instilling that culture there. Um, I was really, really impressed with them for a couple of games to this point, but they're just not playing to the standard I want. What One thing I will say, though, is I think Christian McCaffrey coming back is going to help a lot, and I also want to shout out Joe Brady, a guy that I talked about in the preseason, as a guy that I expected to do well, and he's done very well game planning for this offense and play calling for them as well so I'm gonna kind of spin this back to you here kind of tying back to our Jets even though we're already at an hour if Joe Brady ends up being the next Jets head coach is it too early
0: I don't think so I really don't I don't have much more to put on to that um because I'm sure you have more opinion and expertise on that exact question but I, I don't think it's too early I think that that could absolutely happen.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think that Brady, the fact that Cliff Kingsbury got the job a few years ago in Arizona with the minimal.
0: Well, right, at that time, you know, you had people saying he does not deserve this job.
1: Exactly. And I think that there would be that same questioning around the Jets hiring Brady, but still, I actually am kind of still feeling it is a little early, but I wouldn't be mad about it because he's an innovative play caller.
0: All right, Dylan. Last team in the NFC oh, South. <laughs> you know exactly how I'm going to respond to this. The Falcons are 2-6. and six. They're garbage. <laughs> you know how I feel about the Falcons. So, instead of analyzing what's been happening, tell me something good about the Falcons, Dylan.
1: Raheem Morris has done a very solid job coaching this team they won against the panthers um and they nearly pulled off a win against the lions and i i would say that that's maybe a bright spot right now um todd has actually looked fairly good there was a little scare of the arthritis pass um um last week on thursday night football but right now uh that's a top a top point to look at for them right now, but I'm sure you have bad to talk about for this Atlanta Falcons team.
0: No, I'm gonna restrain myself today. I'm not gonna say oh. anything else. I'm gonna leave it on a good note. All right, last division, and i really the best division in football oh, yeah. throughout the entire season is the NFC West. I mean they're led every no team in this division has a losing record. They're led by the Seahawks at six and one. They lost to Arizona in a fantastic game. I mean that was the game of the year. And then they beat the 49ers. Their defense has not been good, though. And, you know, Jamal Adams hasn't been playing. Can they continue to win and be the best team in the NFC if their defense continues the way they've been?
1: I think that when Jamal Adams comes back, and I think we're going to see maybe Jordan Brooks, the first rounder from Texas Tech, maybe he kind of breaks out more as the season goes on. But I'm, I would say that's a reason to hope for Seahawks fans, at least with Jordan Brooks. But I think that once Jamal Adams gets back, this team is going to be a very good, well-rounded team because of everything Jamal Adams can provide. Right now, it seems like Bobby Wagner is really their only presence in the middle of the field. The secondary's not been bad. But I think that Adams is going to add a very, very big layer to that defense because he's able to do, as we know, at all, and I think that that is going to be something to help them. But right now, I mean, they're still a very good football team. They've been able to eke out wins, and I think that's going to continue as the season wears on, regardless of Jamal Adams coming back and having a major impact.
0: Well, also, they recently acquired Carlos Dunlap from the Bengals, which is a big addition to their defensive 100%. end spot. Behind them are the Cardinals at 5-2. and two. You and I both love the Cardinals. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they beat the Panthers and Seattle. So, being that we love them, kind of an opposite approach here with the Falcons. Tell me something bad about the Cardinals so far this season.
1: Um, I would say Kyler's not performed to the exact level that we all expected. I mean, he did play well against the Seahawks, but he hasn't necessarily put up the numbers we expected. One kind of eye-opening thing from the game against the Cowboys, who don't have a good defense— He went 9 for 24 for 188 yards. You ripped on me about the DiNucci take earlier, but that is worse than DiNucci. And the Seahawks game, I mean, the Seahawks, I could say, maybe have a worse defense, especially with Jamal Adams, but he also played well with the lights on, whatever. But I think with Kenyon Drake down, they're facing some decent defenses coming up with the Dolphins, the Bills, um, the Rams have a good one. I think that I'm not crazy high on Kyler's upside in the next few games, but this is also looking for negatives.
0: All right. The Rams are 5-3. and three. They beat Chicago. They lost to Miami. As I said earlier, Jared Goff looked like mush. He looked awful that game. Are you worried about this team?
1: Um, Not yet. I think that they're starting to find their rhythm in the run game, which is something that actually kept them competitive in a game that Jared Goff looked awful in. Um, I think that the jet sweeps to Robert Woods that they always like to call um, were productive as he got a touchdown. But between Henderson, Brown, and Akers in that backfield, they rushed for over 100 yards, and I think that's an encouraging sign of things to come. And I think that that could be something to cushion for Jared Goff's poor play, but Jared Goff threw sixty one passes in this football game. That is awful. That is not what you want your quarterback doing. And I think that, that How many is did something he complete thirty five, which is very good. But that's also teetering around that fifty seven percent mark, which isn't great either. But still he was turning the ball over, he looked kind of out of place in this game. I'm not worried about him, but it is a little bit of a cause for wondering and why you had a quarterback throw 61 pass attempts in that football game. What are you thinking, though, Brendan?
0: Well, the six, you never want to see a quarterback throwing 61 passes because what that shows is without even looking at the final score, if you just look at the quarterback numbers, if you're 35 for 61, you expect that that team did not win. And that they were playing from behind the whole game, having to put up points. That's exactly what happened. Because Jared Goff, numerous turnovers. Dolphins defense was great. And they just, they had a tough time getting anything going. So, you know, he, he, I, you know, I don't want to say he, he had to throw 61 times. But he had to throw more than they would have liked. And... It wasn't great. So, I, I'm not worried about this team to the point where I think that, you know, people should be worried that they're not going to make the playoffs. I think that they can still very well make the playoffs. Um, but Jared Goff has to be better. All right, Dylan, last team here. San Francisco 49ers. They are 4-4, four and four, about to be 4-5 and five after they lose tonight to the Green Bay Packers because, once again, we're recording this on Thursday. Everyone seems to be out on this team, especially on offense. I mean, everybody seems to be hurt. The one bright side, though, to end this off, Dylan, tell the people who's activated for tonight's game for them.
1: For the 49ers? Uh, why am I blanking? Uh, oh, Kevin White. Kevin White, yes. Kevin this is the Kevin White game. White. 100%. This is the Kevin White game. I think Kevin White puts up 144 yards, two scores tonight, Brendan.
0: I mean, when this guy was coming out of college, there seems to be pretty high expectations for this man. And I'm just pulling up his stats here, Dylan. He was drafted in 2016, right? 2016, he was drafted. In his first career season, he played 13 games. Excuse me, he played four games. Wow. Wow four games he had 19 receptions on 36 targets for 187 yards that's a catching percentage of 52.8 the highest of his career through three seasons so far then in 2017 he played in one game had two receptions for six yards 2018 the last time he was on the field He played in nine games, starting zero of them, four receptions, for 92 yards. He has a career catching percentage of 52.1% and zero touchdowns. This was a guy who had pretty high expectations coming out of college and never amounted to anything. So I'm going to ask you, Dylan, with all the injuries for San Francisco – does he finally show that he belongs in the NFL with the 49ers?
1: Uh, probably not, in all honesty. <laughs> um, I hate ending it on that I love. Note.
0: I would love if he did, Dylan, but I 100% agree.
1: I completely agree. I mean, there's not a ton of bright spots to look for in this 49ers team with most of them out with COVID and then injuries, but... Maybe. I mean, that would be great for them. They need that kind of big-bodied receiver, if we're talking in a little I think in sense, order for
0: him to show something, he's got to catch three of five targets for a 60% catching percentage to raise that a little bit. All yeah, right. I... All right, Dylan. Well, that does it for Weeks 7 and 8. Um, I'm looking forward to Weeks 9 and 10 in a couple of weeks. I'm sure the Jets will still be winless. Oh, yeah. So, you can give us a follow on Twitter at ESM and at DylanPrice27. We'll see you next time, and uh, we'll be talking soon, Dylan.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs>